Okay, everybody, let's take it from the top. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Hi-ho, everybody. Welcome back to Disney Plus Us, just in the world's Disney Plus podcast, where every other week we take a look at another piece of content on that there Disney Plus streaming service. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Griffin Tanel, Griffy D-Pad, joined by Agent of Sword, Mr. Mitch George. How's it going? Guardians Assemble, I guess? They, they don't have a catchphrase. No, and they really need one. Like, that's the, you know what? If you're listening to this, and I know you probably aren't, but I pray to God at some point someone hears this, James Gunn, the Guardians need a catchphrase in Volume 3. If we need anything out of either the Holiday Special or Volume 3, or even I Am Groot, we need a catchphrase. Or just a joke like about them trying to come up with a catchphrase and they can't come up with one. Like, Give us something. Uh, but we're not the only ones here, Mitch. Uh, although I do really just quickly need to shout out your awesome sword sweater. Because we are recording on Halloween. It's not awesome. It was, I went to the Disney store when they were liquidating everything in Canada, rest in peace, physical Disney store locations, other than in California and Orlando, um, and picked up a sword sweater. And it makes great casual cosplay. So I'm all about it. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. And I love, I love like the super simple, like just throw on a sweater, call it good. There's I mean, I, I feel like I've talked about it on this show, but I, I want to get back to the parks. I, we do a weekly series where we're going through every episode of Behind the Attraction, where I talk about wanting to go back to the parks. And if I ever did Disney bounding, this would be basically the extent of it for me if we went to Marvel Land. Mm-hmm. Okay, we talked too much without introducing Alec. Alec Bongo, you are our guest today. How's it going? <laughs> it's going well. And I think we, from the game, we might be able to get the catchphrase. So we got this, probably. That is such a good catchphrase. Yeah, we are talking today about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 because of the Guardians of the Galaxy game coming out being absolutely awesome. Um, we're all really enjoying this game. It's it's becoming a real addiction of I don't want to do anything else right now. I didn't do anything else. I've already gotten the platinum in the game. I think it's a great experience. You can hear more of my thoughts on the other podcast I do, Press YYZ, this week uh, or probably for subsequent weeks. Um, it may be my game of the year. I think it does a lot of really cool stuff, but this is not a gaming podcast, so we got to talk about a movie. Yeah, we're talking about Volume 2. You may ask, why aren't we talking about the first Guardians of the Galaxy? It's because there's already an episode on it. Go back and check it out. I believe we had Luke on for that episode. It's super fun. Guardians 1, obviously a great film. Guardians 2, one of the best Marvel movies. (laughs) One of the best Marvel villains. Yeah, he's he's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, I forgot just how much I love this movie, guys. Oh yeah. See, uh, I had kind of a weird thing. Like, I remember for some reason not liking this movie when it first came out, but then like on subsequent viewings, I'm like, I was so wrong. I don't know why I did not like this movie before. Yeah, the, they're not necessarily um, not liked it, but just didn't click. With it. it didn't click the way the first one did for you, and I think I I was the same way, and I feel like it was more so just trying to be like have some sort of opinion that was against everyone else where everyone is just keeping praise of the MCU. And we'll actually see this week in Griffin, we're going to have to figure out when and if we're recording an episode of the uh, four Eternals, which drops at the end of this week. Uh, but early, <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, early reception to that from critics has been mixed. 
Um, I wonder if some of that is Marvel fatigue from this year. And once I get to see it Thursday night, I'll, I'll definitely share my takes on Twitter and on this show. Um, but I think with Guardians 2, there was a bit of that fatigue, at least for me. And like you said, I'm in the same boat. Subsequent viewings, this may be... I haven't messed with my MCU rating much. And I know we don't get into rating and reviewing on this show, Griffin, but we it will happen. <laughs> we do of, with Marvel. Uh, with Marvel, it's, with a, Marvel. it's unavoidable. Um, it may crack the top 10. From I think it has... It is in my top 10. And if it's not, I might have to update it after the show. It's just so good. Yeah, when Dude, we... I... There you go. Yeah. Uh, I recently did an MCU rewatch and I've gotten through everything aside from like WandaVision and uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. And right now, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is number five. Yeah, I'm going to I need to bring up my list, actually. And see. All right. We're doing the list thing now. All right. Uh, so we're staying spoiler it, free for the first part of this episode free. for the first time. But in what a I long will time. say is the thing I the think there's two things I very specifically remembered from seeing it the first time was I did not like rocket at yes. all in this when I first saw it. Mm-hmm. And I definitively thought the soundtrack to guardians one was better. But the first time I watched it this time, I love rocket's character and story. I still think rocket is the worst guardian of the galaxy. I, um, I think it makes sense with the story they told with him and Yondu, which we'll get into in a bit, but yeah. I want to, I want to circle back to the music and the music in guardians one and guardians two is so iconic how did you feel about the music? I know we're not reviewing the game, but I felt like the game was a little too like poppy. If that makes sense. Like it was way more songs than I like more, mostly songs I expected to know. And were almost there for like the meme of it rather than being the curated list of really iconic jams that like the, if you get end up in one of those huddles and Rick Astley kicks in, it just, it doesn't feel say, right. I'm never going to give you up. Never let you down. Yes, Guardian. So Guardians Two is in my top ten. I think I need to I redo need, my list because for I think some I need reason, to move some stuff around. I have it at seventeen, and that does not that's sound wrong. right. Jeez. Oh, and yeah, see, that's I, why it, it did just an entire MCU rewatch, like just started, you know, Iron Man, and just kept making the list from there. Yeah, I um. I've been meaning to sit down and do a rewatch of the MCU because the MCU is just so good. And we talk about this anytime we talk about Marvel of the content is just mm-hmm. so good and so fun. Yep. I, I have an idea for you, Griffin. Time. Oh, no. I'm doing it on the show again. And I got to stop doing these ideas on the show. But when we you, run out you of said w- these ideas on the show and then we have to do that. Exactly. When, <laughs> when we run out of the weekly content. So we're going to do behind the attraction. We're going to do Hawkeye. We're going to do Miss Marvel once that eventually drops. What if the weekly thing is a quick a quick look and going through our thoughts on every MCU movie and doing a list, the definitive D plus us list for the MCU. I, I want to say yes, but also that's so much time. It's a lot of movies. It's a lot of movies, and TV shows. shows. If we just stuck to them, we'll talk about it off the air, but I think yeah. that could be a lot of fun. Also, are we, we doing don't Netflix have stuff? Content. Are we doing agents of shield? No, no, you'd stick to the agents movies. Of shield. Just MCU. Agents of Shield was great. Well, like, MCU uh, movies. Okay, you say that just MCU, but like the first two seasons are canon to the MCU. No, MCU movies. <laughs> MCU movies. Okay, I will we'll get off my we'll Agents of Shield horse now. I love that show so much. Guys. <laughs> it's real good for I what it is. <laughs> uh, let's bring it back to Guardians, though. Give you all the facts. Uh, runtime of 137 minutes. Budget of 200 million. 
Really thought it would be more, frankly. Um, box office of $863.8 million, uh, released in the United States on May 5th, 2017. And when this I said five years ago, I wasn't far off. This movie does not feel that old. Like, I remember this no, coming out like it was yesterday. Okay, you say that. We're we're in the Halloween season, right? So I figured I'm going to go back this and I'm going to... town to me. No, it, well, okay, well, one Halloween town, but the one that we went back to for whatever reason was Scary Movie 3. That movie is 18 years old. And if that doesn't make me feel old as balls, I don't know what will. Do you know that Halloween Town is, uh, I think it's 23 years old? Something like that. I'll look I it up. It's, I think it's the same age as me. Yeah, that that hurts. Yeah, that came out when I was six. So I'm going to be 30 in January. So do the math. <laughs> A young whippersnapper. I'm glad it's not just me here to suffer through this, Al. Because doing this every week, sometimes twice a week with Griffin, <laughs> it hurts when he reminds me what a young yeah. snapper he is. But then he goes and makes adult decisions and I get to lambast him for them. Look, I gotta pay <laughs> rent, okay? It sucks. <laughs> it rent, does. I gotta pay bills. I'm moving. It's, <laughs> this is the world that college did not prepare me for this world. Nope. That's one thing that I don't think any college does a good job of or any education anywhere is... Prepare people for financial success. Prepare people to do their taxes or pay bills or understand how credit works. That's like, a very different podcast. Though. Yeah, <laughs> very that, much so. That's our next the podcast. Financial Times starring Mitch and uh, Mitch Al and Griff. <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time we came up with another podcast idea on this show, you I have would have a, f- a good like 500, 600 bucks. You would, but none of that came to fruition until you met me. So it's fine. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, bring it back. A uh, couple interesting tidbits, obviously directed by James Gunn, Phase 3. Um, it did receive a nomination for Best Visual Effects for the Academy Awards. Uh, it's a Marvel the, movie, though, so, you know, it didn't win. The fact that it hid Chris Sullivan so well behind that damn taser face makeup, it should have won it just for that. Friggin' Suicide Squad wins an Oscar for that, and this movie can't get it? Come on. <laughs> Yeah. Come the on, Academy, Academy Award winning Suicide Squad. The Academy Award winning Suicide the Squad. The meme of that. Come on. There's only one way to refer to that movie now. But yeah, this one's this one deserves so much credit. Like the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie definitely like established the use of licensed music within Marvel. And was mm. like, this is a thing we can do. And we can do it so damn well. This movie is like Oh yeah, you thought that was good? Here's what it should be yep. every single time. Like um when we reviewed Black Widow, we talked about how like, oh, this is the best the best pre-roll for opening credits we've had. This was what it was before Black Widow. Groot oh, dancing. I, I, honestly, oh, yeah. I would say it still is for me personally. I think that bi- the baby Groot dance sequence is one oh, of the yeah. best it's... opening credits in film, period. Oh, yeah. it's a it's great really song good. too. It, it was that song was my uh, my alarm clock for years, and oh, wow. between that and how often I use this movie to fall asleep, uh, my wife really doesn't like this movie. This and Thor <laughs> Ragnarok are the two. She's just like, you cannot play these anymore as we try to fall asleep because it's it's too much. It's too it much. Gets, it gets to a point though where like you know the movie so well that it's 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I could probably I could recite this line for line if I had the movie going. It's that it's that memorable for me, and it's why. So my favorite superhero is Spider Man. This movie is ranked in the MCU higher than either Spider Man films. Spider Man. That's that's shocking. Yeah. Wait. So what's your top five then? So this misses out on the top five. This is number seven. Oh, this is number seven. Okay. Then what's your top six? I'll, I'll give you top five uh, once I get letterboxed. I'm, I'm kind of surprised there's not a Spider-Man in there. No. So Spider-Man now comes in at number eight and number 15. Wow. Now, which one do you think is higher, Griff? I, okay. I know you what know it would be me for at this me. Point. But, but you for know me. you, Come on. I think Homecoming is higher. You're correct. And you would be wrong. I'm not. Oh fuck this! <laughs> they ever add those movies to Disney Plus? We're gonna have. We're gonna have at it. I'm telling you what. We're doing um, a double feature episode where you and I just scream at each other for. So an hour. my top five is two Avengers movie, two Captain America movies, and a Thor movie. Oh yeah, I have okay. Winter Soldier way lower than anybody wants it to be. Yeah, so Civil War at five, Ragnarok at four, Winter Soldier at three, Infinity War at two, and Endgame at number one. Yeah, I have the Winter Soldier at thirteen. I mean. Like, honest to God, like no. when it comes to the MCU, everything top 20 are movies I will watch on repeat. Oh, yeah. So Dude, like, honestly, and top even 25, uh, that's, in- that's including TV yeah. shows. That's including TV shows. Um, yeah. I don't think I've uh, added what if to this yet. Pretty much anything um, that isn't the dark world, which I'll even rewatch dark world or I wouldn't say top 25. Cause I wouldn't say black widow and iron man two are on repeat for me. Um, but everything above that I'd give to you, at least on my list. Because, like, my bottom five is Black Widow, Iron Man 2, Thor, Thor the Dark World, and the Hulk. Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2 is the best Iron Man. Okay. That is... That's a shared screens take right there. There's, like, four or five of us that have that take, that Iron Man 2 is the best. I don't that think we can have any more of those shared screen folks on this podcast, Greg. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, speaking of shared now. screens, you want to tell everyone about, uh, about that group of five yeah, folks com- over there? Yeah, so basically we're just a group of content creators. We have a bunch of different podcasts. Uh, one of our biggest ones is Media Club, where we run through uh, the weekly Marvel shows. We review movies, so we're going to probably be having our Eternals going up pretty soon. Um, then we also have podcasts called The Grind, where it's we, we interview uh, creators about content creation, the content they make. And we have just a bunch of other shows. So we have some monthly shows, we have some weekly shows and bi-weekly shows you can find all our stuff at bio.link slash shared screens yeah y'all are killing it over there oh thank you i'm loving the rebrand i say for the rebrand unfortunately we weren't able to grab all the same username so we just like just go to bot that bio.link because it's just easier I mean, than saying like Twitter's this, Instagram's this, TikTok's this. Like, dude, I mean, being that's someone who literally has a brand name in their name. Like, I get you. We're yeah, we're working through that behind the scenes. And I mean, for me, it's just like I I set up a website and like all of mine mm-hmm. are the same for the most part. But it's like go to MitchGeorge.com. Everything is there except this show, which yep. I need to fix. Which, yeah, by the way, folks, in case you haven't figured it out, half the show is just us BS and having a good time. So sorry if that's not your kind of content you want. So I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to derail us a little bit, because did you did you know that Dwayne Robert Dunham, who directed Halloween Town, also was an editor on Return of the Jedi and what? directed Homeward Bound? What? Okay, new Homeward Bound. Typically yeah. like just on Return of the Jedi. 
He was an editor that's on cool. Return of the Jedi. Oh man, that's cool. Speaking of space, Guardians of the Galaxy. Actually, he was also he was an editor <laughs> on all three of them. That was such a good transition. Or assistant editor. Oh, 100 percent. That's what I'm here for. Oh uh, yeah, the, this is the eighth grossing, highest grossing Marvel, or eighth sorry, eighth highest grossing film of 2017. There we go. That's hard that's to get low. Yeah. What else came out that year? Um, wow, you're gonna make me actually like do my research. I'll, I'll look it up. Show. I'll look it up. Uh, we got. Uh, <laughs> I'll start at number ten because we had a bunch of movies come out this year, and number one is not surprising in this list. So number ten is Wonder Woman. Number nine is Thor Ragnarok. Uh, number eight, Guardians. I forgot these come out in the same year. Uh, they're like they're uh ten million within each other. Um, number seven is Wolf Warrior Two. What list are you looking at? Because I'm looking at Box Office Mojo and it's got something different. I'm oh, this is for this is um highest grossing. I'm looking at Wikipedia for 2017. Okay. This is this includes China. Oh, okay, yeah. This list probably is just domestic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, six is Spider-Man: Homecoming. Number five, what Jumanji. Year for Marvel movies. Uh, four is Despicable Me three. <laughs> yeah, love me some minions. We had a minion pumpkin this year. For Halloween. I should kick you off the nice. show for that opinion. Um, My wife loves the minions. What can I say? Number three is The Fate of the Furious. Uh, that movie. Okay, yeah. China Great numbers movie. now makes a lot more sense. Number two is Beauty and the Beast. And number one, folks, Star Wars The Last Jedi. Disney hey. uh, owns a lot of things and makes a lot of money. Yep. Let's bring that back for a second. Thor Ragnarok, Guardians 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Star Wars The Last Jedi came out in the same year. I am Beauty and the Beast. Okay, yeah. yeah. But it's like, are you guys as off on these like live-action Disney adaptations no. as I am? Because I actually really liked Beauty and the Beast. I really like them. I did not love Beauty and the Beast. I, like I think the best live-action um, Disney movie so far Aladdin? is Lady and the Tramp. Um, I know it's a weird opinion. I love the Aladdin, movie. right? I was I just gonna say Aladdin. I don't love Aladdin. Yeah. <laughs> These young whippersnappers, Al. Uh, have you seen say? Have you seen Lady See, and the Tramp though? I have not. We've not. tried to start it a couple of times, and just fallen off. So I, it's so I good. promise it's you, I will I will watch Lady and the Tramp before our next episode, and I will report back to you on how I feel about that versus Aladdin. How about okay, that? I'm kind I'm kind of curious because it does that thing of it modernizes it really well. Because like, mm. but Beauty and the Beast had Josh Gad. Here's the thing about Lady and the Tramp that you don't realize. A lot of that movie is not okay today. Oh, no. God, no. That movie is really it's offensive today. really offensive. There's that. There's Dumbo. There's Pocahontas. Dude, there's, you know, is, aspects of Mulan. Those movies do not I, I hold up back in the I went back because I was curious. It is legitimately on the level of the crows in Dumbo. Actually, interestingly enough, for the first time watching something on Disney Plus, I think it was either yesterday or the day before, I can't remember what it was. We got a content warning come up before the movie started. Yeah, they have a lot of those. Um, and the only reason I know that is because I love going back and watching the old stuff. Mm-hmm. But this wasn't something that old. I'm trying to remember what it was, and I can't, so I'm just going to shut up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go to Disney say, Plus. Going back to Aladdin real quick. We, my sister and I, we love that movie so much. We literally ran the VHS tape out. My mom had to like go out and buy us another copy of it because it is like one of my favorite Disney movies. So that might be why I like the live action Aladdin so much because the animated held. It was such a high, in high regards when I was a kid. Uh, yeah, I'm assuming today, Al. I don't know this for a fact, but I'm assuming you know, fellow early '90s kid. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, and that's exactly why. I, yeah, I was going to yep. say, me and my sister, 92, 93, and this, it was this and The Lion King on a repeat in our house. Yep. And you know Same. what it was? It was Aladdin where that content warning came up. The animated Aladdin from 92. Really? Or, oh, wow. Yeah. It has a content warning now, yeah. It's always interesting hearing like what the repeat Disney movies were. Because for me, it was Jungle Book and Lilo and Stitch. See, Lilo and Stitch I get, given your age. Um, cause that was mm-hmm. one that got a lot of play in our house too, as we got a little older, just mostly because ironically enough, the, like the Disney channel animated tie-in shows, like the, the stitch so series good. was one that just, that was like, so we, good. We were so into that. Cause it was, it was a monster of the week thing of like, what's yeah. the new creature going to be? And it and was so much so fun. Perfect. Like the McDonald's tie-in toys. Game. Like, yes, the old Disney sandwich sacrifice, which you cannot play anymore because flash, because is flash dead. doesn't exist. So it's like literally ripped to all the old online games we used to play. Yeah. Yeah. When like coming up with content ideas for this and like trying to expand this podcast and trying to expand, I was like, oh, what if we did that? I was like, no, I, we can't. They killed Flash. Literally can't. Yeah. So the content warning uh, that comes up before Aladdin is about stereotyping and, and uh, inappropriate representation of cultural. Uh, like yeah, things. I can see that. That, mm. that kind of makes sense. Yep. But it was the first time I got one of those ones that, like, even though I do go back to some of the older ones, it, like, legitimately just stopped. I haven't seen it like this before where it's, like, stopping with a countdown. It was weird. But uh, huh. Guardians 2. Yeah, Guardians 2. Um, yeah, how'd you guys feel rewatching it? I love it. I love it. Yep. Love go it. for it, Al. Honestly, I loved yours? it. Like, there was parts where, like, I'm just watching this. It's like. Like just thinking back, because like I don't know, as I said, the first time I watched this, I wasn't a huge fan. I'm like, how did I not like this? Like, there's times I'm literally have like chills, like, just like of how good and how emotional this is. That ending, man, tears. I think this is actually Everything. like I I went through it, and I don't think there was any Disney or any MCU movie up to this point where I cried in the theater. I think this was the first one that broke me. Um, and you know what? I'm gonna say at this point, we're you know a decent chunk of the way into the episode. Doing go watch guardians too. If you go, yeah, go watch guardians too. If you haven't come back and listen to us, you know, yep. you know, bless it to the end of time. Uh, but we are going to be full spoilers from this moment on Yondu. Very it populous. breaks my heart every time. Yeah. I was like, I was thinking about what you said there with like the tears and I'm like, yeah, the only one I think that might've brought Spo- spoilers for earlier MCU me. movies. Now go. The only thing I can think of, it's not even so much a spoiler, but just, Wilson? Seeing the Avengers together on film oh, okay, yeah. was yeah. just mm-hmm. such an emotional moment for me as a comic book fan. A circle shot, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, mm. maybe Bucky taking off in the Winter Soldier? Mm. And trying to find himself? But even then, like, it wasn't, that's not really that much of an emotional scene. And it's really only like two seconds long. Yeah. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, I think you nailed it, man. Like, fuck. Like, literally, when you see Craglin, like, it's, like, just so hype and, like, crying, like, that they're doing the Ravager thing. Like, it's like, how can you not love that? Craglin's secretly the best character in this movie. I, th- I think James Gunn did such a phenomenal job just building to the moment with Yondu in space of, you know, Rocket understanding, giving the one, you know, space bubble thing and the one jetpack that... It was a one-way trip for one of them, and he he yeah. recognized that. Yandi recognized that. They had that kinship. And then just the lead-up to it of Rocket realizing they have to leave, 
Drax not knowing if Peter's there or not. Like mm -hmm. it's there's there's so there's so many levels to the emotional resonance that James Gunn built through the writing and the performances here. Um, the the difference for me between Guardians One and Guardians Two is that James Gunn knew who he was writing for in Guardians Two, and for me, oh. Drax is such a highlight here way more so for me than he was in the first one just because james Completely. knew that he was writing for dave batista whereas in the first one dave batista was cast after the script was completed so it's funny i felt think, like drax is so good i feel like i like drax whenever he is not with mantis in this film i i, I love him that it's so bad it's good for me mm. those moments with him and mantis of like him him picturing 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 god my face doesn't want to work today. <laughs> Picturing them together physically and him like audibly gagging. It's like, there's so much physical humor to a guy of that size the, that he's able to get across the screen. It's good. It's it. This is that kind of humor that flirts the line between funny and bullying. And you really, yeah, you really have to right, nail that. Yeah. And there's just, there's some moments where I just do not think it nails it. Like the moment where she, he gets rocket to bite her is yeah. hilarious. But or, the, like, or the right after the of like I don't find you like you're not beautiful or like you're beautiful on the inside. I was like, oh, you're so close, but not quite there. There are points where they nail it though, like when he's trying to convince her that she's good enough to be able to stop ego on her own of like, I believe you can do this. And then she stops and puts him to sleep. He's like, Oh my God, you did it. I never thought in a million years to be able to do this. I'm just like, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I mean, that's literally like the same kind of joke is like the, the two cakes, the, have you seen this joke going around? Yeah. There's mm. like the cake of congrats. You did it. I never doubted you for a second. And the cake that's out. is like, who needs that? You'll, anyways? you'll get them next time. <laughs> uh, but it's yeah, there's so much of that. Parts. And so one of my favorite parts is the uh, the mantis. Look out! Or like the piece of debris just it's already clocked her. Dude, that and like that joking, and then kind of along the same line, just taser face. Yes, Chris Sullivan kills it in that role, and there's so much like just having a character as dumb or as dumb sounding as Taserface sets them up for so much crap later on oh, yeah. of all that you know the ribbing from Rocket and stuff. It's so good, or even just when the sovereign uh, messenger gets his message of like, this is where Yandi's going. It's like, let him know that taser face is the one that did his, did him in. And she breaks down laughing at the absurdity of his name. It's, it's filmmaking like comedy genius at its finest. Dude, I just got to shout out the sovereign specifically. Cause they're just such assholes. And they get do more of them so in volume well. three. Like it was just such a that. good, such a good choice that expanded to so much like the sovereign are mentioned kind of in the video game yeah it's but kind of like they the mentioned as those gold assholes which I love. the game uses it a little differently where it's you know very much driven by the universal church of truth i think it is the yep. the name of the, the 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 group and i think what they did here of making like the problem is if you go and look at aisha's backstory and how it relates to adam warlock who you know we get hinted at as at the the i think that's the final post credit scene of this has to be the record it's for the most the mcu post credit scenes yeah. right so this is the it's the first of sorry the second of four no there's more than four cuz there's the drax one with the arrow there's that one 
There's group being smelly. Ravagers. There's the Ravagers. There's another there's one in there. Stanley. The Stanley Stan one right at the oh, end. No, yeah, yeah. At the end. Like, yeah. This this has to be the record for the number of oh, end yeah. credit sequences Easily. in a Marvel film. Or Not anything. to mention that the like half of the credits is just one big um, David Hasselhoff joke. Which, yes. The, the cameo of him in movie is so good. And then and them the bringing that video. back. And then the music video, it's just... It's absurd, and I love it. And this James Gunn has such a way with comedy. Like we saw it here, we saw it in the first film, we saw it with his take on the Suicide Squad, not the Oscar-winning one, but the good one. Um, yeah, the one that quickly became my comfort movie. Yeah, it's not as much. I don't a know what that says here. about me, but <laughs> yeah, the problem with being Canadian is we don't have HBO Max, so you can go suck a lemon. I mean, I just bought it on DVD, so that also works. I don't, I don't, I tend not to buy. The only DVDs I buy are the MCU films, and Black Widow is actually the first 4K Blu-ray I've ever purchased, just because the case was black. (laughs) Yeah, I buy um, I buy DVDs and Blu-rays based off of like movies I really, really love. So I don't own a ton of Blu-rays, but I own like the box set of Cowboy Bebop and Avatar, and like the Batman animated series, like stuff that is amazing that I really love. Funnily enough, I own this on Blu-ray. Like I said, I got all the MCU films. I stopped buying Blu-rays and DVDs when uh, like Disney plus came out. Like they're on there. I don't, I don't need to buy them. Like there's a place I got that. um, Yeah. I got that um, crazy uh deal like through the three-year deal when disney plus first launched Ooh, so nice. <laughs> also not like, available like... in canada i'm not bitter <laughs> canadian but i did win a free year of disney plus in a contest for wandavision actually i won two wandavision oh, nice. pop vinyls and a year of disney plus so i have a oh, rem- awesome. the, the problem I have an issue. So Disney, hear me out. I know you, I know you listen to our show every week cause it's the best Disney plus podcast on the They're internet. They're just waiting to see what A hundred percent. We need to rebrand yesterday. Either way, Disney, hear me out. Make it so that you can redeem gift cards while you have an active subscription. So I don't have to put a reminder in my phone for November or something. So when my subscription lapses, I can then use the gift card to like add, you know, time to my account. It's dumb. I've been sitting on this thing for almost a year. It's, what the hell, Disney? <laughs> Bringing it back to the Guardians, I kind of want to talk about. It's shocking to me that with with this movie being what this movie is, having three villains, like you know everything that a movie has, a Marvel movies have previously done to make it suck, Spider Man Three. Um, I don't blame Marvel that. for that. That's uh, that's that was, all. That, there's there's a whole lot of issues there. Um, and they're only going to make it better with Far From Home, right? Or No Way Home. We already had Far From Home. We, we'll, we'll get there. Um, so close. The fact that the emotional kick of this is that Ego killed Peter's mom. That and that's moment. not the most emotional thing in this movie. Yes. It's amazing. Thinking, that shot when he realizes like how that, that zoom effect that they have. The so eyes. Cool. I love what they did with the eyes the there. Eyes. The way he snaps yeah. out of it. It's just he goes limp. And he's just, he's back to him, and it's, oh my god. The Eternity nod there of just, like, Eternity is a character in Marvel, and I fucking love that. But yeah, just, like, that moment when he just shoots the ever-living crap out of Ego, and rather than be like, okay, I probably deserve that, 
He's like, who the hell do you think you are? Yeah. He's not wrong. I mean, he's a living planet. He's a celestial. Like, this is not a guy you want to fuck with. Mm-hmm. But they do it anyway. Yeah, and there's just there's so many wonderful, like, amazing lines in this. Like, Rocket and uh, Peter's back and forth when they're like, oh, we're safe in the galaxy again? Man, we can really yes. jack up our prices. Yeah, we can we can charge way more money for being two-time galaxy savers. Really Brad, Bradley is. Cooper is a treasure. Yeah. So for someone who doesn't do a lot of VO, like his rocket is, he goes nuts for it, and I appreciate every second of the of the audio. And I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Baby Groot. Oh, of course. Who is Baby Groot? Still sold in Disney parks. You mean still the one that I have that you put the one the one magnet under your shirt? Yeah, he's sitting yeah, upstairs. Yeah, you put him on your shoulder. He, I love it. I love it. So I saw that at the, I think it was the Marvel store in Disney Springs in Orlando. I'm like, I don't care that this is the last day of our trip and I've already spent way too much money on souvenirs. I need this Groot. And now he is mine and he is my Groot and he sits upstairs in my wife's office. He is my Groot and I shall call him Squishy. He, all the fun stuff's in her office. I really wish I recorded from there. That's where my pop vinyls are, my Amiibos. All of our Disney plush, like I'm not. Dude, you gotta bring some of that down. I will. I just have to clean my the room that I'm recording in is our rec room, but it's the best room in the basement because it has Ethernet. Mm, yeah. So I got like nine fifty down or something. Something this how, dumb. This is how I get it though. On recording of him saying, "I need to clean." Oh yeah, just so uh, if we had video, we that would be what I clip out and send to my wife, and she'd lambast me with that to the end of time. No, like we moved in June and we're still unpacking, so I've got a bunch of boxes down here I need to unpack. We need to get a couch. I mean, I've got the recording; um, I can send it to her if you want. Don't do that. She doesn't want to hear me any more than she already has to. Nah, but we should probably at some point jump into the plot. But is there anything you guys want to mention before we jump in there? I. Uh, one of the scenes I really loved is uh, Yondu, Rocket, and Groot going through uh, the Ravager ship. Just shout out to that scene. Well, even the scene before that where they're trying to, like, it. Oh, some people will say it overstays its welcome, but I think the comedy of uh, Yondu and Rocket trying to get Groot to find the fin, and it just doesn't work, and he comes back with an eye and a severed toe. And a toe. And yeah. a desk? An entire desk? Desk. Like, people are sleeping in there. It's like, they did nobody wake up from that? Like, they're heavy sleepers. They sleep on a spaceship. It's fine. It makes sense. It's not the biggest stretch in the MCU that those guys didn't wake up from Groot dragging a desk through the halls. Yeah. Is it though? It, it's not. <laughs> also, just here's just a reminder. Sylvester Stallone's in this movie. So yeah. is Michael Rosenbaum and Miley Cyrus. Yeah, it's like, what the hell? Mm, this cast is crazy. It's Sylvester Stallone now in both a DC and a Marvel movie. Mm -hmm. Probably better used in the DC movie, if you ask me. But that's that's just my... He's an actual main character in the DC movie. Yeah, well, I would love to see, even if it's just... I would love to see a series of shorts for Disney Plus that focus on that cast of the OG Guardians. Yeah. Like Stallone and the the old crew. Like, why not? I'd love it if it was like a um, a flashback like to the before times, and so we can and do it as an animated as well. show or something. Then you only need the voices. I mean, mo- like half of those characters were animated or were uh, CGI. CG anyway. So why not? 
Yeah, I think the only person you'd actually need to be there would be Sylvester Stallone. Oh, and Michelle Yeoh and uh, Ving Rhames. Oh, yeah, they were... Okay, admittedly, I thought there was more CG there than there was. Anyway, it's the plot. 2014! 50-50! In 2014, that's where this movie is. We don't start in 2014. Okay, fine. We start back in 34 years before that. um, With... Uh, Meredith Quill and Ego going behind a Dairy Queen making out and looking at a plant. Shout out to Dairy Queen for putting up the big money to get the advertising uh, all throughout this movie. And even have the tie-in, I think it was a tie-in Blizzard treat at the time. There was. But also, that is the most accurate shit of, this is just some small town in the middle of nowhere. Everyone goes to the Dairy Queen. <laughs> yeah, well, I, live in, I live in the most populous city in Canada and we're still going to Dairy Queen, so. Uh, yeah, they go, Miguel, uh, Spaceman. Meredith Quill, very much played in this in the MCU as kind of a kind of a ditzy idiot. Don't love that characterization of her, but mm-hmm. then again, she's dead for almost like the entirety of the series, so Yeah. Which also just shout out to the game for nailing Meredith Quill. Yep. Um, okay, now it's 2014. The Guardians are a, are in. Um, I don't remember the name of the world for the Sovereign. They're still they're, in some. They're they're protecting some batteries from a space lizard dimensional monster Abelisk. thing. Which yeah, this is the first time we actually saw the multiverse. By the way, yep, <laughs> it's like it's the same effect. Oh yeah, it's a um, multiversal being. They say it in the or transdimensional being. I think is how they it, refer to it. Interdimensional. Yeah. Yep. Close enough. Uh, yeah, they're fighting this thing. Uh, Rocket's setting up some music. We learn here that Rocket cannot wink. What a weird characterization for Rocket, but I that. love it. I hope we dig into more of Rocket's origin in the third movie, because getting a lot of that in the game, it, it is really heartbreaking where he came from, and I hope there's a way that James Gunn gets that into this the third film to make you more sympathetic about like the reason why he can't wink properly is he's like a freaking Frankenstein monster, essentially. Yeah, if we see Half World in the MCU, that would be amazing. Even if it's just dilapidated and overgrown, just it just make it a plot point or something. I don't know. They'll do something good because Disney always does good things with Marvel, and Marvel is good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're fighting the Abelisk, which is this weird tentacle monster. Um, Rocket's saying it up beforehand so they can listen to music. Funny that Quill is just totally against it. Like, dude, there we got we got better uses for our time. Um, mm-hmm. It attacks. Groot dances. He's also beating the crap out of these rat things. He really has something against these rat things. Um, eventually, smashes music. Uh, Drax just dives right into its mouth, thinking that it's gonna he can kill it from the inside. He doesn't. Gamora ends up attacking him and saving Drax's life. They did the thing. Uh, they go and meet with Aisha the leader of the Sovereign. Uh, they did all of this in exchange for Nebula, who has a massive bounty on her head. Which is not surprising, considering, you know, she's doing all this work for Thanos and also just the entirety of Guardians 1. Yeah. Uh, yeah, spoilers for all of the MCU movies before this, by the way, just to be safe. Probably some of them afterwards, too. Like, it's, it's going to happen. If you haven't seen these movies, we apologize, but they've been out long enough that... It's you also know. like they've the, been the major pop culture thing for the last decade. Yeah, that too. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, they take Nebula and they go along their way. Uh, we get our shirtless scene of Chris Pratt, which just like the guy, but God, if I can, don't love Peter Quill. Um, yeah, I, I love, I love the character of Quill. Um, Chris Pratt, you know, Jack, an interesting kind of person who, yeah. Moving on. (laughs) Um, yeah, they're running and the, uh, Sovereign come after them. Oh yeah. Uh, Drax and Rocket were laughing about the batteries. Um, the, the drones come after them. We learn they are drones. Uh, we get a bunch of jokes about this fruit not being ripe, but Nebula really wants this fruit. It's the little jokes like that that just make the Guardians the Guardians. Mm-hmm. Um, they go off uh, this awesome space fight scene. Like seriously, this scene rocks. Asteroid field, right? Just to put that in a quantum asteroid field, so you don't know where these asteroids are coming from, which definitely doesn't make sense. And would you put any physicist in front of that? Be like, what was he smoking when he wrote this? But it made for good, you know, sci-fi content. Oh yeah. (laughs) At the same time, explain jump points. Yeah, which comes into play very much later in the film, which plays into a fun scene. Mm-hmm. Also, the realization that the Sovereign are so advanced that all of their drones are remote and no one's piloting these things. And it's essentially a video game for them, which I appreciate. I want to just like yeah. really shout out jump points because I love it in sci-fi where it's like, oh, yeah, you can hyperspeed anywhere, but you have to do it from these specific spots. Like Mass Effect does this mm-hmm. too. Of like, I love yeah, that relays, little detail yeah. so much. Side note: I'm replaying Mass. I'm finally playing through the Mass Effect franchise. Good game. Um, just get back to and finish Guardians. God damn it! I'm doing both at the same time. You shut up. That's um, not how that works. You're not playing with two controllers, one in each hand. Like, come on, focus. I don't have any controllers around me to make a point, so you win this round. Um, I've got a Eat lightsaber. It, uh, you know what? <laughs> um, yeah, oh, I I, I, I will I will best you with when it comes to lightsabers once I get to go to the parks. But my the only one within arm's reach was the Xbox controller. The Switch one's here, and I think there's a PlayStation controller back there. Turns out my PlayStation controller was in reach, but that's not the point of this. We're talking about the plot. Um, yes, Al, we see you have many accessories. Damn, dude. Agreed. Many gaming Look, accessories. Most you of have. mine are in boxes right now. It's hard. Yeah, that's what happens um, when you move. Yep. Um, let's see. They're taking off. Uh, Rocket and Quill are arguing about who's the better pilot, and in doing so, hitting a lot of asteroids and getting shot a lot. Um, both of them easily could have gotten them through the asteroid, but they're just kind of being assholes. Um, and like, let let's be real here. This is all. This was this was Rocket's fault. Oh like, yeah. You have your pilot, you have your engineer. Stick to your roles when shit hits the fan. I mean, that's that's part of the Guardian's charm, though, right? Is there is oh, no sure. right way of doing things because everything they do is wrong, but it all works out in the end. Yeah. Um, they're going, they're hitting a bunch of things, they eventually make it to the drop point. Uh, they go through it, get away, but end up crashing onto a planet. They are, however, surrounded before doing so and saved by this mysterious white ship with a dude riding it on the back looking dope as fuck. Just saying. Yeah. Uh, if I could stand on a spaceship, like, come on. Like, it just looks badass. Dope is 
like he's also riding it like with a saddle yes. and reins. <laughs> like what? Uh, anyways, uh, they crash. Ship's gonna need a lot of repairs, and they're arguing. Little one like, inch man. Oh yeah, and then Drax was has been hanging out of the ship this whole time. Um. Oh, hold on, hold on. Before we get any further, we set up the plot point that comes back later of Drax having sensitive nipples. Yes, Drax does. Have oh, sensitive nipples. that's like yeah, that was way at the beginning. Which mm-hmm. is such a stupid joke, but goddamn it. The way right. James Gunn pays it off at the end of the film, though, it's it's Chef's kiss. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. They crash. Uh, they're arguing, going back and forth. Um, Peter's like, dude, they're like, what the hell? Uh, and Rocket's just doubling down. Uh, eventually, Ego ends up landing and invites them to come to his planet, being like, hey, I'm your dad. Quill does not believe him at first. Um, oh, yeah, one thing I forgot to mention is this movie just starts off with its two be- two of its best songs with Brandy and uh, Mr. Blue Sky. Yeah. The fact that Brandy becomes like a legitimate plot point to this movie and is the song one of my best friends is named after it. it, it it's just, it's weird how it, it's just, it's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, there's a solid chance that I listen to the soundtrack later tonight. Solid chance. I own both soundtracks on vinyl. Cause I'm that kind of. Yeah. Same. Nice. They, they're good tracks, man. They oh, are, sure. but I'm like vinyl though. It feels like a step too far, but maybe that's just me. I mean, I own a lot of things on vinyl that I probably shouldn't. Fair enough. I own, I, got this, I own a vinyl for It's a Small World. That's a great one, and I really do need to pick that up to annoy my wife with. Um, mm-hmm. The most fun one well, like, is I picked up the Final Fantasy VII and Seven remake soundtracks on vinyl. Yes, like the picture ones with him looking up at the reactor. And then the other side. So the only one I have, even though I don't have a record player, is uh, Persona 5 Royal. That's a good one. Uh, I I got that one too. (laughs) I I still got to get back to that game. By the way, like this isn't just me being weirdo. You Um, goddamn Oregoner with your vinyl and your flannel and your lightsabers, apparently. And my coffee. Yeah, there's that too. It's got to be more of a hipster. Nah, we also they... have a podcast that's definitely pretty hipster. And that's just white male. Um... That too. But hey, <laughs> you don't, or at least you don't currently have a beard, so that does separate you from the rest of the pack. Ooh, true. Yes. It's because I can't yes. grow facial hair well. Um, anyways, uh, part of the team decides to go with Ego while Rocket and Groot stick around to fix the ship. Uh, we get a couple of... Yeah, great point. moment between Peter and Gamora. I was like, if you don't like him, we can just kill him. Yeah, I love that. Thinking, like, it'll, be, thinking it'll be that easy. Gotta love right. the naivety. <laughs> well, like, with anyone else, it would be. Well, they realize that, you know, Ego is a planet-devouring celestial who, you know, has plans to eva- eviscerate the entirety of life in the universe and make you himself. Can I but that's for say- later. That's for later. This is one of like my That'd biggest cool issues with Guardians. Can you imagine if we got Spartax? If we got like that story of Star Lord. Honestly, I think this story. I think this story is better than what they would have been. Like they probably would have told a great, great story of him being the son of a king. But I think what they did here was 
was really cool, really novel and fit well within the scope of the MCU. Getting into like royalty and that kind of conflict, it it very much would have like Disney or Marvel specifically does a good job of differentiating its stories enough, but still having them all feel very similar. Like in the, you can tell it's a shared world, but you've already gotten into that royal family conflict when it comes to Black Panther, and some would argue to a lesser extent uh, in humans, which was a thing. That doesn't exist. It definitely does. It does not. Remember exist. when they cut off all of Medusa's hair so they wouldn't have to CG it for more than an episode? I remember. I'm gonna Back love to you, that. Griffin. I didn't watch Inhumans. It that was first not episode good. was so bad that I just said no. It was not good. And I went back to watching Agents of Shield, which did Inhumans very well. Anyways, um, yeah, they go with him. Uh, around this time, I think this is where we cut to um, the uh, Ravagers. Yep. Um, with Yondu finishing up with this robot, everyone partying, having a good time. Um, we kind of get a little bit of what's been going on. It turns out the mission that Yondu had taken to take Quill got him banished or exiled, sorry, from the Ravager Corps. Um, Ravager's one rule is that they don't deal in kids, and he yeah. broke that code. Um, we get a bunch of kind of like at the time, seemingly unimportant lore about the Ravagers of like, you won't die under the lights of something or other. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, really didn't think anything of this the first time I watched this, but no coming back to it. I was like, Oh shit. You're really foreshadowing this. Right. Yeah. Um, and of course this is all Sylvester Stallone. Um, him and Yondu fight. This is when we also get the first little bit of Taserface starting his mutiny. Bringing it back. Um, learn a bunch about Ego. Oh, yeah, and then they they get hired by um, Aisha and the Sovereign. To hunt down the Guardians, yeah. Yeah, to hunt down the Guardians. Um, Great moment with the carpet. Yeah, the carpet that stops rolling. The She's physical just, humor in this movie that is like 80% CG is out of this world. Well, was that CG? No, no, I'm saying for a movie that relies as heavily on CG as it is to have oh, that okay. practical effect be a very fun piece of physical comedy. Oh, yeah. So yeah. well done. Yeah, I hope we get more yep. physical comedy in the MCU in general. And, like, we get it a lot from Spider-Man because Spider-Man's just that kind of character. Spider-Man, Ant-Man. More Ant-Man. Getting off track a bit. That Quantum Mania yep. logo, guys. I need Luis to do a recap of the MCU as a short on Disney Plus, akin to what they're doing for Olaf's adventures or whatever the hell that is that's coming to us I on Disney that. Plus Day. Yes. And that's two weeks away, Griffin. Are you ready for that? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I Look, man, everything past tomorrow has been blocked out of my mind. I am so focused on everything else. The Disney Plus day is just too much stress for me to handle right now. <laughs> Griffin, you want to make it? I, you, want, you want me to make it worse? It's less than two weeks away. It's one week from Friday. Yeah. Part of me is I just quit the podcast right now. This is the last Welcome episode to Disney you'll Plus never see again. Just me. <laughs> I I feel that when we did we're going through our rebrand. I'm like uh, nothing else matters. That was literally all my free time was leading up to. Yep. I, I feel that. Yeah. 
You're making me wonder what episode this is. This is episode 78. Fuck, we've been doing this for a while. Anyways. Um, let's, let's hang out on Ego's ship for a bit. Um, we get a little bit more to Mantis and her backstory yeah. a little bit. We introduced to Mantis again because we're doing this with the game and whatnot. Shout out to Mantis in the game. Yes. Specifically her relationship with Gamora. I will say, I don't think you're far enough yet, but man, when you get to, I think it's like chapter 10 and 11. She is. Oh, I know. I know she comes back. I yeah, don't know in what context. and I'm so excited. The the dialogue in that game. It's just, it's, it, it fully captures this kind of vibe from the guardians, but does so that actually frames it closer to their comic book counterparts, which I think is crazy. And they, they take so many fun liberties with these characters. Mantis being one of the highlights in the game. For yeah, sure. Literally one of my favorite characters so far. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Like the only thing I know from her is that she was essentially uh Gamora's therapist. And I love that. That pretty much sums it up. Yeah. Yep. And I can get into the reasons why I love that, but that's, a, that's another podcast in its entirety. Anyways. Um, yeah, we learn a little bit about Mantis, Mantis's powers. Mantis is an empath, so she can feel what other people are feeling and kind of adjust emotions, you know, not make someone go from sad to happy, but make people, someone go from sad to content. I think it's kind of the way she puts it. She's kind of able to share in the emotional burden. So if you're you feeling upset, real quiet, Mitch. did I like real that bad fine to me? Oh, everyone got quiet for me. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Griffin done just... making a boo-boo. I hear uh, everyone normally. It was just yeah. my headphones. I'm stupid. Oh, thank God. Oh. Um, I, like, I got really worried for a second there. This is all staying hey, in because I'm so Rightfully so. I understand. <laughs> I understand that. Somebody We're doing it live. We do it live because I'm too lazy to edit it this bunch. Uh, nah, that's totally fair. What were we talking about before you nearly had a heart attack? Uh, Mantis and Mantis's powers. Oh, yeah. So she's able to kind of, you know, absorb some of the emotional burden of things. And impose emotions on others. Uh, we see so her able to put. Life is strange game. <laughs> I have not completed any of those games, so I will take your word for it. Play, play true colors. I would, but money and house yeah. and mortgage fair. and those, those are fair furniture reasons. and Disneyland trip. You know, I got priorities. Okay, the Disneyland trip isn't so that Basically, you just play as an empath. Yeah, in, in the latest one. Um, but yeah, she's awesome. We see a little bit more of her relationship with Drax, and they kind of start to bond. Uh, at the same time, Peter freaking the fuck out. Uh, oh yeah, and oh, yeah. then um, kind of important um, egos role he has for Mantis, like Mantis is kind of his. I don't his helper. I don't want to fully say slave. But like, she's she, a she has her purpose, well, and that's it. How did, yeah? How did, she refers to herself as like a, a what parasite with purpose? Yeah, something well, along yeah. those lines. Yeah, well, because she's like she calls them like a flea. Yeah, because like a flea on a, like a person on a planet is essentially a flea to a dog. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, she has purpose. They get they get to around it in a very time. weird way. Yeah, like, it's she puts it it, it's a weird look, but yeah, she she gives him nap time is basically. It's yep. a weird look, but at the same time, I can't think of any other way to, to do it. Mm-mm. 
So we kind of just move on from it. I, I do. I do like what they've done with like Mantis as a character is so engrossed in ego. Ego as a being that she doesn't really know anything about the outside world. And I think that's going to be such a fun thing to play with. We saw it a little bit with the Avengers films where the Guardians show up, or at least with Infinity War. They're not really an endgame um, to a point. But I really look forward to seeing what James Gunn is able to do with a more experienced Mantis and her still kind of bumbling through what being in this wider universe means. I feel like her character is the one you would really want to focus on for volume three, because it can very much be, you know, she's the fish out of water, whereas the odd, like she could be the, 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 the vessel for the audience. Cause we are not, I mean, unless you're William Shatner or Elon Musk, we are not space worthy at this point. So it would make sense. And I'd love to see a larger focus on her for the third film. Yeah, totally agree. This character yep. just it she deserves so much just from both having so much interesting things you can do with her, but also just this character rocks. Yep. Um. Also, you can just do a lot of really cool mental health stuff, and Lord knows that Marvel should address that more because Marvel has a lot of really cool power that they can use by being in the pop culture spotlight. Moving on, uh, they eventually land on Ego. The plan is beautiful. It's trippy as hell, but it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. This weird fish fountain thing. I don't know what's going on here, but it's cool. Um, also, for some reason, the only thing I can ever think of when I think of Ego's Planet is just Peter's line later in the film of, I'm going to make some weird shit. Yeah, I'm going to make a 60-foot like tall Pac-Man. And like, all of his references mm-hmm. being 80s themed is so him. It's, it's, it's. When they fight so and um, Ego makes a giant version of him and Peter makes Pac-Man. <laughs> I mean, that's just Disney being like, hey, Atari, you ain't doing anything, so just let us, you know, use well, this. And Okay, this is going to be a weird question. When did Pixels come out? Right? I'm on it. Pixels came out at the same time. Two years earlier. So both of these films are in development around the same time. Yep. Just a thought. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we land on Ego, uh, and there's a bunch of stuff happening here. Um, kind of learn some more about this, like, about Ego's story. Uh, he hired Yondu to get Quill after his mom died, uh, but he was never delivered. Um, we assume it's because Yondu just wanted to keep him for the Ravagers. It was small. He could fit into places we couldn't get it to. Um... We learn a little bit about Quill manipulating his power. He plays catch with Ego. Yep. <laughs> and I love how it's one of the most the awkward scene scenes. Yeah, like that is one of the, like yeah. that is some of the worst CG. Like they could have done something, anything to make that look a little more believable for me at least. And then they do it in slow motion. <laughs> what a great song behind it, so I can forgive it. Yeah, the music, mm-hmm. the music takes its campiness. And plays it for laughs, which I think is good. It's the right, it's the right approach, honestly. Um, at that point, I think we're back on the ship. We're kind of just bouncing back and forth. Whenever there's multiple planes, you know, you all know how I get it. Just jumbles up. Let's talk about Rocket. Rocket's fixing the ship. Do 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 da day. Having a good time. They're listening to some tunes. They're chilling. Sing um, some tunes while we work. I'm forgetting which oh. songs play in here. Summer nights, yeah, it's summer nights. 
Uh, the Ravagers try to sneak up on him, but he was already prepared for this. Uh, he's launching these guys to the moon and back. Uh, seriously, the scene with them all flying up in the moon. This is in the, in the trailer. I remember that yeah. shot. Yeah. Uh, explosions galore. Like really showing. Rocket is the explosion guy. He is a weapon specialist. He's so damn cool. Mm. Um, the electricity like jumping from head to head. Yeah, and just the, the sound effect they that have moment <laughs> when he sees the arrow. Yeah. It's like I was doing so well too, and then I'm nearly killed. Mm-hmm. I'm Literally, a more... like just. Yeah, we get a little more characterization here of Yondu's like, haha, found you. There's no way we're actually gonna turn in the Guardians of the Galaxy though, um, and he has really good reasons for it. Oh, like yeah. it's not even a we're letting cool off the hook thing at this point. It's literally the we don't we take these guys out and Nova Corps is gonna be on our ass. And we do not want that. Which I, I think does a great job of just showing how much of an ass Yondu can be while still ultimately trying to protect Peter and be that fatherly figure he never had. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. I love this because he is like he does have his reasons, but yeah, he ultimately just wants to protect Peter. Um the crew's not tight. The crew disagrees with him of like, no, we're turning these guys in and we're making the cash because it's a lot of money. Uh, Taserface especially, but it really goes to shit when Craglin speaks up and is like, dude, you're really just trying to protect Peter. And we know it and that's not fair. He's not wrong. No. Um, at this point, they all start to fight and that's when Nebula shoots the fin off of Yondu. Oh yeah, Nebula's been here Riddle. in prison the whole time. Riddle. Groot releases her in an attempt to save Rocket. Uh, instead, she kind of just accidentally takes over the Ravagers for a little bit, <laughs> just to get you know get Honestly, on her way and get out of there. That shot of like you know you see she shoots Yondu's like fin off. It's like you see him like kind of like fall down and you hear the electrical like fizzle. It's like just brutal. I legitimately was I was concerned about him at that point when I saw it originally because I don't know how that's tied into the rest of his biology of okay right, no yeah. now they they really do a good job of explaining yeah it's it's an aftermarket thing you know he needed the upgraded package he had to go from being Yondu to like Yondu 2.0 to eventually mm-hmm. like Yondu with badass big old fin that makes him an even bigger target which makes sense why he didn't use this damn fin but it turns him into an absolute badass. Like it's, the Mohawk looks so much cooler. But it oh, yeah. does, but I feel like I'm glad they did it the way they did because I feel like seeing the Mohawk for two movies, it would have been like, all right, I'm done with this fish face looking, you know, dill weed. Uh, I like that they built to that iconic comic look for Yondu yep. as opposed to just being like right off, right off the front. Like, oh yeah, this is Yondu. He's in weird spandex and has a bow and arrow and a big ass thing on his head. Like if you this made it, way more sense. You got to look up back. pictures of Yondu like in the comic books. It's because so he, dumb looking. He is ridiculous, yeah. but amazing. Yeah. I'll say like, it's cool that they, this like prototype fan gave him the ability to like have the arrow like light on fire right it's just it's so much more controllable that when we yeah. see craglin trying to figure it out at the end of the movie and it nearly kills drax i'm just like yeah this makes sense mm-hmm. although it doesn't make sense is you see the fin burn up with yondu so they had to like remake it i mean they explain it at the end at the funeral scene when um quill gives it to craglin of rocket found the pieces and put it back together for you 
Mm-hmm. Well, the arrow, but I'm talking about the fin. Maybe they were multiple experimental arrows, or maybe I they assume that there was multiple fins that he had on, like to replace it. That's true. Yeah. Because was was he wearing the fin when they yeeted him out of the space lock? Yeah. 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 I think yep. So. Quick no, yeah. I checks just footage. I would assume so. Yeah. I yeah. Like I said I literally just got off watching the movie before we recorded, and yeah, he was still wearing. I I didn't notice that before, so that's what yeah. He is he is wearing the fin. So they either remade it or he had like copies, multiples. Yeah. Well, you also gotta assume that like because Kraglin's a different species, they might have had to do something do it differently. There's there's a lot of stuff that could have happened. Um. Either way, moving on. Anyways, yep. they get taken down. Uh, they're put into prison. I'm just gonna roll with their story for a little bit. Um. They get Yondu and Rocket get thrown in the cell. Um, a bunch of their supporters get killed because, you know, it's a mutiny. Um, Groot is too cute to kill. I love that line. Um, and it's made to their mascot. Uh, they make him a little Ravager uniform uh, and then drown him in alcohol. Like, let's not forget that they tried to drown Groot. A plant. <laughs> okay. Um... I mean, I don't know about your plants, but the plants around these parts tend to not like booze, so it kind of works. Mm-hmm. Really depends. I suppose. Depends on if there's a party happening or not. Let's <laughs> um, yeah, get so... PD Piranha. Eating him alcohol. <laughs> we'll that'll, be the, that'll be the video game tie-in in Volume 3. They, they fight a literal piranha plant. This is just the fight between Universal and Marvel and uh, Disney World in Orlando. <laughs> I still need them to fix that because Orlando is my home. I mean, Al, you can you can. I don't know how much of a parks guy you are. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I've only been to Disney once. Do you know the story about stuff. Marvel on the East Coast at Disney parks? Not really, no. So Marvel in the '90s sold the theme park rights to the Avengers and all of the main. Uh, Marvel characters to Universal for use in theme parks. The contract is only valid in the continental U.S. east of the Mississippi River because that's what they wrote into contracts oh, at the time. So there is a there's a superhero area Universal in Orlando that features um, Marvel characters, but they are very much 90s themed so because it's... Marvel needs to approve any updates to the characters in the parks, and they will not approve any updates to the characters at Universal Parks. So they're basically fighting over this in Orlando, and that's why you'll never see the Avengers at the Disney Orlando it's parks. Avengers, X Men, gotcha. Fantastic Four, and Spider Man. And Spider Man, yeah. And what's funny is like this is actually like legit my one of my favorite areas in theme parks. Like the Marvel area in Universal rocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hulk is one of the best roller coasters out there. The problem is it's only going to get worse over time because Disney won't approve any updates to the parks. So eventually, they're probably just going to give it up back to to disney but they're gonna you know hold on to that thing for dear life that's why we're getting the only thing marvel themed in disney world will be the new guardians roller coaster opening next year and there are a few meet and greets and things like that but it cannot be anything involving the core avengers spider-man x-men or the fantastic four do you know the most important thing that they have there mitch no no at the universal Island of Adventure. 
Oh, the um, the Fantastic Four restaurant, right? No, it, they have the Hulk car from uh, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. That is correct. <laughs> this is just my excuse to talk about Fast and Furious for a hat second. Um, bringing it back around. <laughs> um, yeah, we have that scene that we mentioned earlier of Groot grabbing all the things. Eventually, they get the fin. Craglin's actually the one to give them the fin. I just totally hit my microphone, so I don't know how the audio sounded there. Um, I barely heard it. I didn't hear it at all. Nice. Um, they do the thing. They get it on him's head. Um, that's when he's like, okay, it's time for a murder spree. Let's kill the entire crew. To a great song, too. Come a little bit closer. And enough of that because of copyright. Um, yeah, seriously, this scene is so damn good. I love Rocket standing there like he's going to do something, but there's nothing for mm-hmm. him to do. So he just shoots through the wall. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is it is a hilarious moment. Um, meanwhile, over with Ego. Um. I think this is the point where Quill and Gamora get into their fight. Yep, I believe so. It's around this time, yeah. Yeah, we're close enough if we're not there. Or we're um, running long. Let's just... Yeah, they fight it. about it. Um, Peter's being a dick. Uh, Gamora Wait. walks off, just not wanting to deal with it. We get it, one it, of the coolest shots in the movie, though. Yeah, we get a real fun shift in character where it was Gamora having convinced Peter to come and do this. And now Gamora's getting the weird vibes off of Ego trying to convince Peter to go against what she was originally convincing him to do. It's real weird uh, role reversal that we get over the course of the film. Yeah. It works really well though. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. They play it into the, the, like the, the script even. So it's, it's, yeah, it's real good. Mm -hmm. Um, Great shot of her just sitting out there and then. Yeah. It's legit. My favorite shot in the movie of her just sitting there. It's with like this plane and this beautiful sky. And then she slices the flowers because they're too loud um and then after this um she gets attacked by nebula as you see you see slowly off in the distance a figure or a shape start to enlarge and it's nebula literally trying to crash a ship into gamora Um, and i love how she has she's trying to hit a fly with a bmw like come on i love that she has this realization at first of like wait is that the milano nope Oh shit, it's Nebula. Right. Like, that's what I love about this scene, though, is that you see her just like sitting, she cuts the flower, and then you just get sit in silence for just long enough that you hear that space or the engine of the spaceship mm-hmm. like start to come in. And then she goes and just has to be a ridiculous badass with the giant cannon. I'm like, so yeah, cool. I'm just going to hold this on my shoulder. And shoot back. Like she probably, I, I know it's CG, but it's like, all right, Gamora's reading, or uh, Zoe Saldana's reading the script. It's like, all right, I got this scene where I got to lift this like 3,000 pound cannon on my back. Time to get ripped for that one scene. Jimmy's going to be like, nah, it's all CG. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to be holding mm-hmm. film. If that. It still looked real dope in the it's final so film. It did. It it's, really did. It's so unnecessarily About hype. Her just holding it and then just like hot wiring it. Mm hmm. I got this. I learned something from Rocket over the last six months. Hot wiring it without even looking at it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, they fight. Eventually, they fall down the cliffside um, and discover this cavern full of bones. 
Ain't that some creepy Gold. ass shit? The tone With, shift from like before to now. So good. Yeah. I will say, I, did you notice multiple human skulls? Yeah, a lot of human skulls. Humanoid, I would say. I'll give you that much. There is. Yeah. No, I'll say there's. I, at least there's a me, couple dogs in there a... as well, which is kind of concerning. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it's a we learn eventually this is like all of his children um, not being good enough. So they die. Only mildly concerning. Not the worst father in the MCU. Um, and it's pretty much it's pretty up there. I'm not yeah, gonna lie. well, consider we've got Howard Stark is probably the best father we have as like a major character, which is concerning within its own right. Vision was a pretty competent dad. Yeah, Vision. There's a whole other level to get into than with Vision. <laughs> like, he took great care of those fake kids. All right. Like the how the fact that Howard Stark is better like we're like we can i think we can all agree that howard is better than hank as a father i mean but hank's around still so who knows um anyways anyways before i get into my chart my anger about hank pym um they fight the seal stuff coming back um we get Nebula finally telling Drax everything's going on. Eventually, Gamora's going to come back and they're going to go all to confront Ego. Uh, but Ego has taken Quill away and they're talking and kind of playing with his power, learning what the purpose is. Ego wants to spread himself all across the universe. He wants the universe to be him. What she said. It's such a it's such a cool motivation for this character, too. I mean, yeah, he's taking a character that really has no purpose because he's kind of this all-knowing, like, entity that's just always been a part of the universe of, like, what is the ultimate goal? And the goal is to... It's the same reason why Peter ends up with the Guardians. It's to not be alone. There's so much similarity in these two people that are... Like, there's so much humanity to Ego, even though he said that he had to leave Earth to avoid becoming too human. It's It's really cool to see this kind of dichotomy of character between Peter and Ego. Yeah. Ego's just an emotional wreck, essentially, that he just he's not gonna address it. Instead he's gonna try to destroy the universe. Which um, I think that might make for a cool what if episode. Like what if Ego did like his expansion did take place. Succeed. Yeah. Well yeah. we got about five seconds of it. Didn't someone commit? Oh no, it was um, T'Challa. Star Lord comes in, but like, nah, we ain't got none of this going on on this planet. Yeah, which you know, and shout out to What If. If you haven't already, go back and listen to our previous episodes where we gush about every single episode of What If here on Disney Plus Us because that was a fun time. It just absolutely tear the Killmonger episode apart. Yeah, but the T'Challa episode's really good. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, at this point, yeah, he really. Uh, Ego reveals to Peter that he killed his mom. Uh, Peter, realizing this, shoots the ever-living shit out of him. Uh, and we get our first glimpse of many of really, really, really creepy-looking Ego. Like something out of a horror movie freaky. Um, 
we're gonna get to it later but when he like literally rebuilds himself from like the energy going between muscles into the bones into the muscles into mm-hmm. the skin is disgusting it's funny though because he doesn't have to do it which again tapping into this thing about ego being too human for his own good he's undone by the humanity that he's adopted from being on earth because he doesn't need this form to fight them he's literally the planet he'd just be like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna i'm just gonna clench my ass a little bit the whole planet will go and they're all dead could you like, say he have a he has a, a massive ego well this is the last time you'll hear me on this show if you want to catch me ever in other places now go on <laughs> um yeah he blows him up uh he gets mad and just starts to use him as a battery um they uh, at this point i think this is when rocket just crashes a ship into ego yeah that mining ship that um, they used in the bank heist yeah uh, they crash the ship into Ego. Oh, yeah. Also, this time, um, Ego, or yeah, Rocket, Yondu, and Kraglin jumped 700 jump points to get oh, into yeah. some really funny CG. Uh, and also our Stanley cameo with the Watchers. Mm-hmm. Um, Where the hell were those Watchers and what if? Like, dude didn't need to be alone, but it's like, nah, I got this, guys. You just go take a five and I'll keep the universe in. Oh, shit, there's Ultron. I don't know, man. Maybe they were the 616 watch, or not, the, that's not 616. Whatever MCU is, Watchers. 19800 or, so, or no, 19999 or something. Something like that. It's, uh, the, the the universe numbers are weird. Earth number. Earth 199999. I got it. Yeah, it's, um. It's a lot of nines. And it's how you knew that uh, uh, Mysterio was full of shit in Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, what is the... There's a... I'm trying to remember the name of the universe. But there's a really... Six? No, there's there's a Marvel universe where everybody is Uncle Ben. It's They call it the Uncle Beniverse. Um, and I'm not kidding. Literally everyone is just a form of Uncle Ben. It is hilarious. Um, yes, this is a thing that I exists. Know, I don't know how to feel about that. Dude, there's some really funny uni- universes out there. Oh, Earth 615, the Six. Uncle Beniverse. Thank you. Um, I also anyways. stumbled on the fact that um, in another, on Earth 8311, Uncle Ben is actually Uncle B, who is the uncle of Peter the Spider, the spider who bites Peter Porker. And the husband to Aunt May, spelled A N T. Huh. So. Yeah. Yeah. The the different realities of the Marvel universe, man. Or sorry, Peter Parker was the spider who was bit by a pig. I got it backwards. So, Pete. Yeah. So Uncle B is the uncle of the spider before he gets bit by the radioactive pig to become Peter Parker. One of my favorite things is that for a while, like just the different spider or Earth names, for a while the universe where Spider Man is and his spider friends was Earth nineteen eighty three. Perfect, perfect. That, nice. That has since been changed, but that's still funny to me. Also, the Transformers are officially a Earth in the Marvel canon. <laughs> um, Earth nine one two seven four. 
Anyways, uh, they're fighting. Ego now, uh, they realize, oh, we got to kill this thing. Otherwise, it's going to take over the world. Or, sorry, not the world. The universe. He is the world. <laughs> um, and then you see like, his face on the planet. Yeah. I think it's the first Great time we see his face the comics, on the planet. Yeah. It, it, it's the, I think we only see it twice, right? Once on the way in and once on the way out. No, it's this and then the credits. Oh, okay. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, we see it. They're going in. We get this dialogue between them. Uh, Yandi's with them as is Nebula. Everyone's together. This is like the full Guardians team now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to change slightly by the end of the movie, but not by much. Um, and let's be real here. Nebula is a gu- ne- from this moment on. Nebula is a member of the Guardians, whether she likes it yeah. or not. <laughs> um. They go in, uh, we get our little bit of fighting. This is when the Sovereign shows up. Uh, these drones are like, we're getting our revenge. Don't After everything, we change their face, telling them where they went. Yep. And they do um, the dive in and... Perfect yeah, the, it's mm. so good. They fight, uh, they take out the um, generator, so they have to get that fixed. But once they get it all fixed, we get... This wonderful scene of Yondu and Nebula pulling their weight. Yes. Of just Nebula plugs oh, herself promises. in. It just takes the pain. Yeah, and we get this Yondu's off- just Yondu's just like, this is gonna hurt. He's like, Nebula, promises, promises, promises. There is they, not they a more badass this. line in this movie. I was just gonna say they both have this the grins on their faces. <laughs> they they really like there's there's such a weird like the way the characters end up coming together and the sort of kinships that are formed, you know, Nebula and Yondu, Yondu and Rocket, it's really well done and it's weaved intricately into the entirety of the plot of this movie and it works so wonderfully well that uh, it's just real good. Yeah, everyone has their own unique moments and it's... Because you have, you know, your special ones like Rocket and Groot and then your ones that you don't necessarily expect like Drax and Gamora together is some of the most hilarious yeah. shit you'll get. Oh, yeah. Um, they're all doing their fighting thing. You know, this is, this is fighting. We don't recap fighting as much. Um, they all fight. It's super freaking cool. Um, we yeah, we get that moment of... Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we get, the, the, we get the bomb moment with Groot, which is like, you know, everyone knows this moment from the trailer. But goddamn, yep. if this isn't hilarious. Yeah. I forgot how well like just the comedy plays out in this movie. James Gunn just at it again. Can't honestly like the thing I'm most excited for out of the MCU at this point is probably the Guardians Holiday Special, which we should get holiday 2022, and sign me right up for that. I cannot wait for that. Yeah, it's it's gonna be so good. I really hope it is the Guardians fight Santa Claus. But Santa Claus, the MCU version of Santa Claus, is actually an alien or something like that. Yeah. Santa Claus is an actual being within the Marvel canon who is a villain and is ridiculously evil. If anyone were to do that and do that well, it would be James Gunn with Guardians. Yeah, it mm. is. It's yep. it's one of the most hilarious things. I forget where he's popped up before for Marvel. Um, uh, looks like X Men, Howard the Duck, Spider Man, Deadpool. Yeah, it's it's so good. Um, I also want to quickly shout out when T Titans Go fought Santa Claus. 
Um, it's fucking hilarious. Teen Titans Go does not deserve enough. Get enough. Did you know that there is a comic that features Nick Fury and Santa Claus fighting the MCU version of Hitler? I did not. Because that's a thing. I did not. I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly, what I want is just a comic of Santa Claus having to talk to Odin. Anyone who's looking for that, it's uh, Twas the Night Before Christmas, which is uh, Volume 1, Issue 10 of Nick Fury, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. from 1969. Yeah. I'm sure it's aged just as well as you'd expect for a comic featuring the MCU version of Hitler. Yeah. 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 I I don't know how to transition that back into the show. So back to the show. Just power through it. <laughs> you knew um, what you were getting into. Like you had me on multiple episodes of this show. I knew what was you coming. Co-host. You know, I, I plug things coming. well and I derail the episode. So there's no recovering from it. Like those are the two things you can guarantee with me on any episode of this show. I knew that. What I wasn't expecting was you to derail it with Santa fighting Hitler. Blame Marvel? I don't know what to tell you. I don't know who to blame here. It just happened. Anyways, they fight. This whole scene's awesome. Eventually, go back. We get this scene. I'm ignoring you. Um, this awesome moment of like the everyone posing, doing their thing, and the nebula in the head. Um, she's passed out for the rest of the movie. Um, yeah, Mantis. Yep. Yeah, or yeah, Mantis. Sorry. Uh, Drax takes her out of there. Uh, we get the him flying off, screaming about his nipples being in pain. My nipples. Um, they go up. They're trying to escape. Uh, Nebula and Gamora fall. That everyone's split apart. Nebula and Gamora trying to climb up. We have this moment of them as sisters. Um, Peter fighting Pac Man. Uh, at some point in here, we get the call back to Deonda's earlier line of him being like, I don't fly this arrow with my mind. I fly it with my heart. Uh, Peter takes that advice, using that power to control his power that Ego gives him into their massive fight. In doing so, he also stops the giant evil blue space goo coming from all of those seeds that Ego planted. No innuendo to be taken from that, um, given that Ego's a planet. They stop it. We have this moment of them going back and forth in this small town in Missouri. Midwest Missouri. Okay, cool. Missouri. Yep. Um, shows how well I know that area of the U.S. Um, they're I mean, at, le- at least you, you asked me to name all 50 states or die. Like I just say put the bullet in me. <laughs> it, it's like it's New York. It's Ohio. It's maybe Michigan, Florida. California and the rest are just kind of there. No, Ohio. I'm in Toronto. So like we've driven down to Sandusky okay. for Cedar Point. Come on. Okay. Okay. Come on. I'm just saying, I'm Ohio's just insulted right now. That you just hey, they have Oregon. Cedar Point. That's better than nothing. I, I keep forgetting you're in Oregon and mistakenly say you're in Seattle. So that's on me. You mentioned Oregon at the earlier in the podcast. That's a city, right? No. No, it's not. Yeah. Uh, they fight. They're doing cool things. Everything's awesome. Eventually, they I'll win. The Bob shout goes. out to. Uh, I just noticed, or not Genesis, but I thought it was cool how like the longer the fight went, the less color Ego had. 
Yeah. He was kind of he's like almost monotone by the end of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bomb goes off and they win. Uh, Rocket. We only have two. Go save the. Go save the twig. Um. Peter has to make this moment. Oh, we also have the iconic Mary Poppins thing earlier. I forgot to mention that. Poppins, yo. Yep. And the internet still running with that to this day. <laughs> um, I don't blame them. It's great. No, it's great. Yeah. I it literally just came up on my TikTok the other day. I was like, God damn, it's so good. They knew you had what it was was TikTok heard you talking with me and with Al about having to record this episode and immediately presented you with Guardians 2 content. The same way where I was talking with my mother earlier about going to Disneyland and she was presented with a Disneyland ad on Instagram. Uh, TikTok's algorithm works slightly differently, but and they all do. It's it's creepier when you know how they actually work. Yeah, I've been. They're, they're not listening to you. It's worse. It's so so much worse. The, I was just gonna say because there's been times where I don't like search anything, but I listen to a podcast where they talk about something and I see ads for it. I'm like, yep. So the problem what? is the real problem is okay. We're gonna tangent this into Griffin and Mitch explain <laughs> software. They're not listening to you, but the algorithms are smart enough to know what content you're consuming, what other people are searching after or during listening to that content, and then target you with the same content they were looking for based on your shared interest in that podcast. It's real bad that it's that good at predicting what you would want to see or what you're listening to based on what other people are doing in those same social circles. The interesting thing with TikTok is it takes that and applies it literally on a content scale. My yeah. wife and I get the same TikToks in our feeds. I will send her something. She's like, yeah, I saw that this morning. Because it's it's mm-hmm. so it's so granular in terms of like, okay, you guys are sending stuff to each other that contain these tags or whatever that will present that content to both of you because you're both going to enjoy it. It's it's creepy as hell. Yeah, it's like, funny that like, uh, they Mitch literally Schwartz. just had that moment with uh, someone today when I sent them a Minions TikTok. Yeah, and mine was talking about Disneyland with my mom. She's sitting there and gets a Disneyland ad on Instagram. Well, yeah, like Mitch, like literally the one that you sent me, I've see, been seeing those like yep. 616 and MCU. You're uh, welcome. That guy is, <laughs> yeah. that guy's well, still my TikTok feed at this point. Well, Wait, that's which guy? I've, oh, did I not? I don't know if I, you see, the problem is when I go to send DMs in TikTok, Griffin isn't one of the ones that comes up. So like Al gets all of mine and Griffin gets nothing. Yeah. Does Griffin well, that's quietly the thing, have Mitch blocked on TikTok? hundred <laughs> percent. That's the thing, though, Mitch. I have some people I blocked because have... I'm like, I don't need my family seeing what I post here. Fair mm-hmm. enough. But I've been no, seeing those before you sent those to me. Yeah. Yeah. Because we have, you know, it's similar Twitter Marvel. circles and they know that yeah. your Twitter your Twitter circle is this. Yep. You interact with these tweets. So then they present you with content that those people are liking. It's it, it the idea of things being an echo chamber, mm-hmm. like no one talking about the fact that the... the um, uh, Peppa Pig game came out was really good apparently for kids we're not hearing that because you don't really have people in this those spheres talking about those things or yep. you know the annual sports games because it's very much an echo chamber but that's getting into games and we're here to talk about Guardians Volume 2 not Guardians no we're not here to talk about Peppa Pig we're not talking that's <laughs> next week's show you know what I have heard from our <laughs> guest of ours court that Bluey is supposed to be very good and apparently that is on Disney Plus and I did not know that so yeah it's great also, you know what else is on Disney Plus Roly Poly Oli Great going back to Roly Poly Oli, by the okay. way. Anyways, no, they no, fight. no. One they second, one second, because I was having this conversation earlier. Are we going to do a bunch of holiday themed episodes? Probably one or two. 
because with the Fox acquisition by Disney in regions that have the star banner, the entirety of the Die Hard series is on Disney+. Plus. If we do not do a Christmas-themed episode about Die Hard, you may not have a co-host in 2022. Well, shit. An ultimatum has been placed. <laughs> that forces us to Die go Hard into... a Christmas movie. That not only does that, but forces us to go into star content. You, we it's going to happen eventually. It <laughs> will, will happen. Her. Okay, I need to finish this movie. We're so Guardians, close. yes. Guardians. We're like an hour and a half into this podcast. We are so close. Um, it blows up. We get the death of Yondu. It's very sad. We get the, he may have been your father, but he wasn't your daddy. Um, we get all of this, all of this wonderful character moments between Yondu and Starlord at the end of this. Um, we get the funeral scene. Um, easily amazing. I mean, we kind of, we've kind of talked about this already. Yep. Uh, then the movie, we get that really great line from Rocket of like, they didn't leave him. Even though he was a jerk, even though he's mean, he yelled at them. Yep. And he stole batteries he didn't need. And yep. all of it just clicks for Peter at that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that, like, the the ending of this, it's it's just on Rocket crying. Yeah. It's, it's kind of perfect. Which I can't wait to see how they explore some of that. Like, again, like, I want to see more of Rocket and more of... Uh, mantis in guardians volume three and in the, in the holiday special just to see where their characters are at after one loses ego and her sense of being and the other loses yondu who is his parallel like i think by the end of volume three rocket and drax are probably dead yeah or gone in some way because yeah. like we know that we know that dave batista is done after volume three yeah i don't blame him disney's um, been doing some shady stuff the last yeah. couple of years also, that's just, that's a hard character to play the older you get. I mean, look at what Dwayne Johnson's doing with Black Adam. I mean, it's impressive what he's doing, but will he do this for more than one film, given that DC is a truck on okay, garbage truck on fire? Dwayne The Rock Johnson, though. He is inhuman. What he can do Well, is I not... think his secret is he just, he doesn't sleep. Like, the man is just go all the time. And he's even more ripped for Black Adam. At what, 43-ish, I want to say? It's just not fair, man. It's just not fair. Well, the thing is, he tries, and I look like this. So, (laughs) he is 49 years old doing that Black Adam shit. Yeah, if I look half as good as he does at 49, I think I will die a happy man. If I look 1% as good as he does. Yeah. (laughs) Bring it back. I would take, yeah, if I could look one percent that good now, I'd be happy. Okay, bring it yeah. bring it back because there's like two more things I want to talk about here. You're um, we get that awesome like exchanging of gifts between Craglin and Peter. Craglin gives mm. him the Zune, and Peter gives him the. Oh my! If the Zune does not make a comeback, or it's like, yeah, I upgraded from a Zune to an iPod, and it's like an iPod Nano, I would yeah. die. I would die. I would legitimately die because. It's um, and then we get like the reason this this ending is so fucking heartbreaking is just that music joins the father and son. Yes, like yeah. there there are moments where like in Guardians where the music is just unfair and how powerful it is. This just is the that un- scene. 
And just the understanding too, that this is one of, if not the first song he listens to on the final gift he gets from his, the paternal figure he's had his entire life. And the first, like knowing that was all curated by Yondu who went in and made sure the songs were there that he would like. And the first one he pulls up is father and son. It, it breaks my heart. Well, here's every the thing, time. Here's the thing about it. He looks for the song. Yeah. Like he goes to the artist and chooses that song specifically. Oh, and Yondu knew enough to put it on there, which is just another like it's yep. it. It's, it's so like I, I I watch this movie and I listen to that song, and I mean we all have to eventually deal with the inevitability of you know parents passing away, and it, like this song just makes me think of like my relationship with my dad and where it'll, where I'll like what state of mind I'll be in when when the worst happens and it's just it it hits me a weird way every time like i've got goosebumps right now just thinking of it it's it's such a powerful song and the use of it here just to convey that relationship is it's it's beautiful mm-hmm. then that with like the fireworks going off and it is this is not a sad funeral this is a celebration it's sad to a point until we realize that all the other Ravagers have gathered realizing what Yondu did for Peter and the inevitability of like, he inevitably, you know, did the right thing in his own shitty way because he's a bad person. It's, it's really good. Yeah. Uh, and then we have our post credit scenes that we all talked about. And that is the end of guardians of the galaxy volume two. Followed by five post credit scenes, which we can get into later or already got we into. Already so got we don't have to worry. Yeah, about we already it. did. Yep. That just it's such a good movie and I'm so happy that we talked about it this week. It's just I love I love these characters so much, guys. Yeah. James Gunn made us care about these characters. No the thing is with the first Guardians movie, there's so much apprehension. This was the first Marvel like MCU film where people didn't really know what was going on. Like these aren't characters people yep. are familiar with. It's 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 unknown. People are don't know what to do. And it gave me more confidence going into this week with Eternals of this is a property I know next to nothing about. I've tried to read the Neil Gaiman omnibus of this so many times and I just fall out of it that I cannot wait to see what the MCU can do with this new team that we don't know very much about the same way it was done with Guardians way back with James Gunn in the first one and then elevated in the second. So it's actually, it ties in well with the game and the fact that just came out, Griffin. And I know that's the reason why we originally asked Alec to come on and I'm so glad you were able to join us for this. But the fact we're going to watch this and this week we're going to watch and talk about Eternals, presumably, it's the timing couldn't be any better. Yeah. And like even going along that with like just the characters that you don't know, like Shang-Chi or Shang-Chi, like knew yep. nothing about him. And now he's going to be a staple in the MCU. It's a good thing you didn't know anything about him because that character has nothing to do with what that character is like in the yeah, comics. Um, don't don't oh, go geez. looking to do it. It's real racist. It's real bad. His um, original father in the comics is Fu Manchu. Yeah. So uh, if that sets the tone for the way that, that character was uh, originated, that it, that just about sums it up. But yeah, Marvel MCU wise, bringing us back on topic has done this amazing special thing where they have made it so that to bring characters that no one gives a crap about and make us love them. Like, I feel like people really forget people did not care about the Avengers. Like before Iron Man came out, no one gave a crap about them. Iron Man coming out as the first MCU film was seen as a risk because people didn't know the character. 
And now you look at what a pop culture staple that character is and the way Robert Downey Jr. breathed life into the MCU. I feel like this movie also did a great job and James Gunn did a great job of writing characters that can stand on their own. Like if you gave me a Rocket and Groot solo Disney Plus series, I'm in. Like just oh, give yeah. me that. Give it prequel, sequel, I don't care. Give me these characters because they've done such a good job of making these characters special in a way that only Marvel can in the MCU. And even then, like I've been telling people, the game just nails the vibe of Guardians of the Galaxy. Like except all the for the banter. music. <laughs> I don't I think the music does, but maybe that's just me. Yeah, I think I'm just more talk about like the between the character relationships, yeah. like the banter, yeah, yeah. like it just nails that. Not to mention, like Bastard. I think the game has my favorite version of some of these characters. Like the game easily has my favorite versions of Drax and Gamora. And like, yeah, Peter, I'm I'm starting to really love. Hate Rocket. I'm excited to see Hate what they Rocket do so with much. that character in a sequel. I feel like they did a great job of setting up these characters in this game for this release. Mm. But I think if the sequel does what the movies did and delves into his origin, his relationship with his father in a way that the movies did, I think that could be a really interesting way to go with it. Uh, but my final question to the both of you, since we're talking about, you know, MCU properties that were introduced that no one really knew about and that turned out to be amazing. I'm looking at the upcoming list of Disney Plus shows and the, the MCU films. Is there anything currently in development that we know about that you know absolutely nothing about and are so excited to see? No, I, think I know Griffin's answer, but I'm a fucking nerd. Oh yeah, that doesn't stop reading comic books. But I will shout out, like, of course, I'm super excited for Hawkeye. I'm super excited for Miss Marvel, especially. Although, See. wildly concerned about Miss Marvel, um, and some of the power set stuff that they're doing. Um, although, admittedly, that power, her initial powers are really hard to do in a live action standpoint. Look at the Fantastic Four films as a reason why that doesn't really work in live action. <laughs> it's um. I see why I see the reasons why they're doing it. And I have my concerns, but we'll see. Plus there's the whole inhumans relationship there. Fine. She's Canadian, the actress playing Miss Marvel. So, you know, it's going to turn out just as well as the other Canadian led properties like uh, Shang-Chi. So, but as far as to your question, it's She-Hulk. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I know She-Hulk and I know her relatively well in her context within other characters and her transitioned into being the main Hulk in Marvel comics over the past five, six years. I don't know. Marvel comics coming out monthly makes things weird as far as timelines are concerned. Um, but I know her in that context. I don't know her too well on the lawyer side. Like I've read it, but I don't know her that well. So I'm really excited for that. Alec, anything for you stand out as something you don't really know anything about and are excited to see what Marvel does with it? Yeah, for me, the first thing that came to mind was Moon Knight, just because the only context I really have for Moon Knight is playing him in the original um, Ultimate Alliance game. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, that that one with, for me, Oscar Isaac in that role, some of the some of the things they could set up with that. I mean, knowing we're getting um, we're going to get Blade, knowing the character's history with the Defenders. I wonder if it's not She-Hulk where we see Daredevil, but maybe it's here with a, a reimagining of Charlie. If they don't keep Charlie, like the one good thing to come out of the Netflix show was Charlie Cox as Daredevil and uh, Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin. So if they don't keep those things as a staple in the MCU incarnation of these characters, I'd be very upset. That being said, 
I think for me, the one that I know nothing about that I'm super excited for is Armor Wars. Because we know Don oh, Cheadle's yeah. in it, and we know literally nothing else. It has no basis in comics. Like Justin Hammer, maybe? I yeah, want have, Justin Hammer We have Hammer our rumors, so though, like, Justin Hammer might be in there. Like, it's a foregone conclusion that Riri Williams will be in it. Yeah, well, I think her series is supposed to debut around the same time. Like, I, it, it, it'll be interesting to see. Rescue. Well, there, no, Riri Williams is going to show up in Black Panther 2, I thought was the rumor. That is confirmed. That's not a rumor. It's confirmed? Okay. Um, and then the other one for me that stands out is Echo. I know nothing about the character of Echo, and we're going to see her in Hawkeye, and then we're going to get a standalone series. I know I am so nothing. excited for you to I, meet this character. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see what Marvel does with some of these characters I know nothing about. But Griffin, I'll throw it back to you to wrap her up. Yeah, I want to just quickly go on a rant about Echo. Like, I'm super excited because we're finally getting some really interesting stuff with Hawkeye. Like, Hawkeye's canonically deaf. Um, so is Echo. Um, we're going to get some really cool stuff with these characters in the future. And as far as characters we've already seen that I'm really excited for their character development, I need to shout out Yelena. Yelena. Of yeah. These are characters that we are going to see. And these we're not going to see. We've never seen these characters like this before. Yelena has always been a villain. Um, she's had her anti-hero moments, and then there's just everything with the Thunderbolts, which is just a huge mess as terms of stories go. But very good. Go read Thunderbolts. I'm just excited. Marvel content is so fun and so good. But we'll be talking more about that. Like I, like Mitch said earlier, we're going to do an episode on Eternals. We're getting Hawkeye this month. Yeah. That's like three Just weeks away, Griffin. We've got Disney Plus Day and then like the week after Hawkeye starts. Mitch, I need you to stop reminding me about how stressful I can't. the show's so about excited. to be next month. I'm so excited. <laughs> See, I have that week off too, so I'm going to be able to watch those episodes like first thing in the morning and not get spoiled. <laughs> I, I, I do that anyway. I just start work late. It's fine. See, I'm going to do that. See, I don't the, have that. I'm on the West Coast, so I watch I hate them at you, midnight. Griffin. I hate you. I can't stay up till 3 a.m. I'm not so, young. Exactly. I'm not a young whippersnapper well, anymore. 3 a.m. is... I have to work. Yeah. So I, have a, I, I have work to... 9 to 5. Yeah, but midnight but isn't midnight so, is so much better than 3 a.m. Yeah. Oh, I would do it at 3 a.m. No, you wouldn't. But mind you, you I'm you sitting here drinking that. No, even then, Griffin, you think you would, and you know how big, like, how much of a diehard Disney nut I am. I stayed up till 3 a.m. I think it was the finale of uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, just because I couldn't sleep for some reason. But there has never been a time where I've said, okay, I need to stay up for this to premiere, because I'm an adult with responsibilities, and sleep is important, and it's getting late, so wrap it up, Griffin. <laughs> I will make you stay up late until it turns. No, no, this is the end of the show. Uh, Al, thanks for joining us today. Where can uh, where can people find you, keep up with you, and all the awesome stuff you do? Yeah, you can keep up with me over on Twitter, at albob875. And then if you want to keep up with all the pod, I can follow that at bio.link slash shared screens. We're actually premiering, at the time of recording, our new show, Origins, which is completely made by me. Uh, first show that's actually like, it was like my show idea. I'm normally like the producer, editor, guy on the chair kind of person. So having my own show is actually really cool. Really awesome. looking forward to people seeing that. So. When's that going up? Uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow? Okay. So that will be out by the time this is out. So everyone go watch that. I'm assuming YouTube? Yes, YouTube. Uh, that's actually going to be a show. It's in like 10, 15 minute video. Uh, like one of the only things that's not going to be on audio podcast services but pretty much everything else we make is on podcast services yes. and mitch because we're at the point of plugs 
where can people find us? Uh, you can find us all over the internet at D plus us on Twitter. If you have anything you want to see on the show, if you want to come on the show and join us just like Alec did this week, be sure to drop us a DM. You can find me at Mr. Mitch George. You can find Griffin at Griffy Deepad, G-R-I-F-F-I-D-P-A-D. And I am MR Mitch George all over the internet or MitchGeorge.com. And remember, folks, if you've enjoyed the podcast today, please subscribe to the show, rate us on iTunes, tell your friends, tell your grandmother, and maybe we'll do something like some of the older Disney content, like, I don't know, like how to train your dog or something. I don't know. The stuff without the content warnings, for sure. Yeah. Whatever that movie was about that squirrel, we'll talk about that. We're talking about Doug Days again? No, there's like. It's, I think it's called The Secret Life of Perry. I'd rather just watch Doug Days again, to be perfectly honest. Or Phineas and Ferb, if we're talking Perry. <laughs> I just, I feel the judgment right now from Al. He's uh, like me. Scary. It's late on the East it's Coast. Sunday we gotta get night. to sleep. Yeah. Yeah, so I will wrap this up by saying thank you very much for listening. If we've made your day a little bit better that this podcast has achieved its goal. And I know it just sounds like a rigmarole, folks, but I truly do mean that from the bottom of my heart. He does. It's kind of it's kind of unnerving at times when he brings it up just in everyday speak. Yeah. It I, look, I talk in a rigmarole. That's just me. That's the kind of my thing. I'm actually slowing down from my normal speed of talk. So I, that's all we've got for this week. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, have a magical day. <laughs>